Is this is what like is this what you do when Man United are winning? <laughs> <laughs> I do not support football, but I do know something about the table at the moment because I'm married to Barry. <laughs> Good morning, everybody. Uh, can I just say for every single person that has turned up this morning to get this place looking like home for people and have given of their time to come down early and managed all the blips that we've had today, can I just say a massive thank you? Because this church exists because of a family, <laughs> because of the family of Hope Church and everybody is playing a great part. Uh, just before I start, just two short notices. One is that on Friday the 17th of May, you do not want to miss this, it's at 8pm with the cafe open from 730 we have our next She Night. The last one, women, you came out in force. I think we were full to the back and we're expecting to have to put even more seats in this time. So next week, we're going to have a little flyer for you, um, a little invite card so that you can invite other people. And uh, we've got Maria Chaudhry speaking and she's an incredible speaker. She is an incredible speaker and it's going to be a wonderful night. The other thing is, is that at the end of July, there is um, a Christian conference. It's open to everybody that Hillsong do at the O2 Arena in London. And normally it's just been our family that's gone down, but this time there are more people from church coming and it's picking up speed. And it, it, when you go on and book, you can select to sit in a seating area that's designated for Hope Church. And it's going to be amazing. There's amazing kids ministry. All my children, from the youngest to the oldest, come back with just a fresh revelation of God, as do me and Barry. So you can ask us about that and we'd love you to be there. But I want to start this morning. Can I tell you something about God? Yeah. Is that all right while we're in church? I remember a few years ago, we were sat at, we used to have Wednesday morning debrief meetings on how the previous Sunday had gone and what we needed to plan and so it was my turn to deliver the debrief on the Sunday before and I'm sat around this table with this team of people and I said and on Sunday Barry preached on God <laughs> and they were, they were like well we kind of hoped he did Vicky because you were in church so I hope that it was an incredible word Barry it was just like I was probably sorting one of the children out but for this morning we're going to talk about God Okay, and I want to start off telling you a little bit about God. Do you know how much he loves you? Are you and Barry do? Do you know how much he loves you? Maybe you don't, but I want to tell you today that he is passionate about his children. He is passionate about you today. He sets you up to win. He champions your cause. He adores you. He loves you. He is passionate about you. He wants to bless you. He is all about you. If he wasn't all about us, would he have sent his son to die on the cross if he didn't love us? He is all about us. And I want you to know at the outset of today that God is for you. His heart is for you. His heart is full of love for you. His desires are to bless you. His desires are for good. And so let's start this, this, this next set, uh, portion of the meeting knowing that, you know, there's a, a verse that we, we, it's easy to recite and say, oh yeah, yeah, I know that verse. But I just want to quickly look at it as we're talking about God's heart. And it's found in Jeremiah 29, verse 11. And it says, 
we could do an it all together now, because most people will know this. For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. Now, you see, that speaks to me of a father's heart. Of a heart of a father who doesn't want their kid to go off the rails. A father's heart that doesn't want the kid to get lost. And God is saying, I know the plans I have for you. And then he goes on to say, they are plans for good and not for disaster. I never set out to give my kids direction to disaster. And I've got loads of faults and failings. But my God hasn't. And so if my heart's desire for my children is to place them on a path where they will win, where they will be blessed, yeah, there'll be some difficulties for them, but I believe it will build their character. If I will do that for my children, how much more will God do it for his? When he, he can't let us down. It's not in his nature to let us down. It says to give you a future and a hope. There's God's heart right there, speaking to his kids today. Hey, listen, I've got a plan for you. And it's not a plan to live in disaster. It's a plan that you're going to have a future. And it's a plan where you're going to have hope. And that's the Father's heart towards it. But then it goes on to say this. In those days, when you pray, I will listen. Kids, when you talk to me, is what he's saying, I'm not going to be distracted. I'm not going to listen more to the child that shouts louder. I'm not going to be distracted with somebody else's problem. He's saying, I am God, and I am your God. And he says, when you pray, kids, when you talk to me, I promise you, I'll listen I'll listen. I can hear a heart there where God's saying, talk to me. Talk to me. I'm reassuring you ahead of time. I am going to listen. I'm not going to get caught up with all your siblings and miss you out. You're not going to have the middle kid syndrome where you're the one and you feel like you're overlooked. God's like, I am never going to turn my ear from you. When you call on me, I will listen. If you look for me wholeheartedly, you will find me, and I will be found by you, says the Lord. Lord God Almighty, our Heavenly Father, the, the miraculous one, the Prince of Peace, uh, our provider, all the things we could describe him as, says, I'm not going to play games with you. Kids, I'm not going to hide from you. I'm not going to make you guess where I am. What he says is, if you look for me wholeheartedly, you will find me. See, this is a father's heart. Because what he's saying is, if you have a split heart and you're not wholehearted after me, you are not going to be able to hear my voice clearly and know the plan for your life. Because if we are, 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 have a split heart, we will have this pulling on our heart and this pulling on our heart. And then we're in a place of compromise. We've got to make a decision somewhere. Where, but God's saying, I will listen to you when you talk to me. And when you search for me wholeheartedly, I'm not going to hide from you. I'm not going to run away. You're not going to have to search and search and search. And it's not going to be hard work. I'm going to be there. I'm going to be there. And I would say at the beginning of this message, whatever may be taking our focus and our attention this morning, let it be that we, now as we move into the word, let it be that we are wholeheartedly bought into this. 
wholeheartedly sat here saying, God, whatever it is you have to say, I'm not going to let my mind wander. I'm not going to think of the stuff that I feel needs to be addressed. I am going to wholeheartedly engage with you and your word this morning. And my heart is not going to be torn in another direction. You see, God wants to do life with us. His heart's desire is that we come to him. And then this great plan he's got, he can offload it into us and he can speak to us and he can direct us and he can guide us. And I think if we start off at the outset of being, I'm bought in, I am all in, God, whatever you've got to say today, I am all in, you will be amazed what you will leave with. Because God is a rich God and he's a God of richness and he's God of the finest and he'll give it to us. My message today is called The Corridor of Opportunity. Um, a, a few days ago, uh, we were stood, uh, Eleanor was stood outside her bedroom door and where her bedroom door is and our bedroom door and then there's another door, then there's another door and then there's the banister and the landing and, and she, for some reason, I don't know how she did it, but she everywhere she turned she kept banging into the banister and banging into the door and in the end she was like everywhere I go there's doors like I know and I was like it's a little bit drama isn't it she's not in the meeting so I can say that and she was like everywhere I go there's doors I've got a bump here and I've got a bump there and I've got a bump the other and, and I was like thinking about life there are so many doors of opportunity that we can take and today I want to talk about those doors but actually what I want to talk about is the corridor of opportunity you see, I believe there's people in this place today and there are decisions being made in this place. For some people, you feel like it's a last-ditch attempt and today is D-Day and you have a decision to make over some area of your life. For others, you just know that you're stuck and there's decisions need to be made. And for others, it's a decision that you know you've got to make, but you've been sitting on it because it's a tough decision to make. But God is saying there are decisions to make in this place. And if we listen to him wholeheartedly, we will find the answer. And the corridor of opportunity is somewhere that we will linger. And we will walk up and down the corridor of opportunity while we are waiting to walk through the door of opportunity. And in the corridor of opportunity are three doors. And there is a name on each door. And on one door there is the name Good. On the other door, there is the name bad. And on the other door, there is the name the other. I thought I was going to say the ugly. The good, the bad, and the ugly. No, the other. We have a door that says the good, a door that says the bad, and a door that says the other. And while we are moving towards the door that we're going to walk through, we are in the corridor of opportunity. Because every single decision we make has an opportunity. It has an opportunity for good. It has an opportunity for bad. It has an opportunity for hope. It has an opportunity for disaster. Whatever door we take has an opportunity. And so while we wait in this corridor, this is a corridor of opportunity while we make this decision. The good you go through the good door, the good door makes us feel nice. We kind of know what's the other side. It makes us feel nice. It makes us feel cozy. It's what we want. So there might be something that we've been after for a while. And we know that if we walk through this door, we will get that thing that we want. 
And it will make you feel good. And it will make me feel good. But it is limited in its goodness. And it is restricted by time. Because when we walk through the door of good, and we are walking through it because it is something that is going to feed something we want. It's going to feed something we desire. When we walk through that, we will get a quick fix solution. It will make us feel good. And you know what? You might be here today thinking, but Vicky, it doesn't even seem bad. But the door of good is walking through something that will feed something in us. And then we have the door named bad. Very few people would willingly choose this door to walk through. If you were to say, would you walk through a bad door? We'd all go, oh no, we won't walk through a bad door. That's quite an easy decision to make for a lot of us of. We wouldn't morally make decisions and do things that would take us through this door. And then we have a door called the other. Through this door, opening this door, is often something that we haven't really wanted to do. It's often a door we'll avoid. It's often a door that we'll evaluate. It's often a door that will cost something. And I'm not on about finance, but it will cost us something. There's a requirement of us. There's something going against what makes us feel good and feel nice to go through this door called the other. It's a door that moves us away from our own wants and our desires. But through the door named other are untold opportunities. And they are untold because it is a door that you access with faith. And there are opportunities through the door called other that will blow your mind. But often we linger and don't approach the door with boldness because it feels like we're going into the unknown. It feels like we're going into something that actually we don't actually want to do. But when we access the door called other, which is only accessed through faith, lies your treasure. It lies your treasure. It lies a treasure that has longevity. It lies, there lies a treasure that is faithful. It's not a quick fix solution. That is where the treasure lies. And we walk up and down the corridor of opportunity and we look at the doors and we look at the door named bad and we go, well, we would never choose the bad door. And then we kind of linger between the good door, which is where we're really wanting to go, and the door called other that we know is pulling at us, but there is a war raging within us because it's not something we feel that we want to do. The door of other is often the one that you avoid eye contact with because you think, well, if I don't look at it, it'll go away. But even when you try not to look at it, it's not going away because there is something in you pulling on your heart that you know that is the door that you need to take. And as we walk along the corridor 
of opportunity because you think going through the door is the opportunity, the corridor is the opportunity because that's where you make your decision. And where you make your decision determines the opportunities that are going to come your way. So if I, in my corridor of opportunity, made a choice to go through the bad door, there will be opportunities. Oh boy, there'll be opportunities. But there won't be opportunities that have a treasure attached to it. So it's not walking through the door that's the opportunity, it's the decision which happens in the corridor of opportunity before you access your door. So are you in the corridor today? Are you walking up and down the corridor of opportunity wondering which door that you need to take? I have frequented the corridor of opportunity many times. Like, I'm like, I'm 43. I think I've probably spent 40 years in the corridor of opportunity. You're like 40 years in the wilderness, 40 years in the corridor of opportunity, I think I've been walking up and down. What do I do? What do I do? You know, sometimes I've gone for the good door. That's why I can tell you it's a quick fix solution. Might last you, but I'll tell you, there'll be a trap. There'll be a trap. You know why? Because it's fed me. It's been a desire in me. It's been put in me first. So I want to share with you some of my stories from the corridor. And in sharing my stories from the corridor, I would hope it would make you be able to make a decision today of where you need to be and what you need to do next. Because I know that as I'm speaking this, already I know that God is already pinpointing things in people's lives. Some of you have had a nagging feeling for a while of what you need to do, and you're managing to avoid it, like, I'm not looking at that door, I'm not looking at that door. And then Vicky gets up and speaks, and God goes, okay, you might not be looking at that door, but you really are now, because I'm speaking direct to you down a microphone, and I'm just using Vicky to do it. And if that's you, I want to say to you, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Go with God. Mary says in the word, whatever he says to you, do it. Whatever he says to you, do it. When I was in my early 20s, <clears throat> I wholeheartedly gave my life to God. I'd grown up a Christian, been baptized. It was very real to me. It wasn't something I did as a whim as a child. It was very real to me. And then when I hit about 16, I made some really bad choices. These bad choices didn't come through the door called bad. They came through the door called good. Okay? They were choices that made me feel better, made me feel good. And that's why I know it's a quick fix solution, because as soon as you get into it, you're in a trap, and you can't get out. And so because of the choices I made, I ended up not living a very good life. And in my early 20s, I recommitted my life to God and I wholeheartedly when I say I gave my life to God I'm like I wholeheartedly gave in my life I was like God this is everything I am all in absolutely everything and uh, I, I did a bit of a bargain with him and my bargain was this I will serve you behind the scenes I will serve you Right, you don't give me a title, you don't ask me to speak in front of people, I don't have to do anything where people will see me, I'll do things like teas and coffees and go to the kids' ministry and time the minute game, because that was my job, um, for like out of 90 minutes I timed a minute game and I was like, I'm cool with that, I only need a minute, thanks very much and I'm out. But then, does anyone know the film Sister Act? Yeah. Cracking film, well, I think it is, one of the greatest. Anyway, loved Sister Act, so I, started, I decided I'm going to watch Sister Act too. I watched Sister Act 2, 
and I bawled my eyes out through it. I cried my eyes out through it. The only way I could explain it was my heart broke in two for these teenagers. My heart ached for these teenagers, and I'm sat there thinking, this is really embarrassing. You know, when you sat there with people watching this film, and you are crying and crying and crying, and the thing was, I knew that these tears were something God was doing in me. But he was doing something and stirring something in me that I desperately didn't want. I knew God was asking me to step out and do youth work. I was 23 years old. I was single. I was shy. I just wanted to make cups of tea and time the minute game. And we didn't have a youth ministry in the church. And I knew what God was doing. And I knew what he was saying. And it was to start a youth ministry. And I walked up and down the corridor of opportunity. What do I do? What do I do? What do I do? And I got to the door of other. And I... I avoided it and I stepped back in front of the door of God. And then uh, a few weeks later, the phone rang at home because we only had landlines back then, everybody. Remember the days before mobile phones? The phone rang and I picked it up and it was a young girl in the church. She was about 13 years old. She said, do you know what, Vicky? She said, I think you'd be really good running a youth group. And I went, oh, bless you, Michelle. Oh, that's lovely, that. All right, well, okay, well, maybe one day. And just put the phone down. I was like... She's only a kid. That doesn't count. A couple of weeks later, somebody else walked up to me in church and said, Vicky, have you ever thought about working with young people? I was like, oh, no, it's not my thing. I'm like, oh, my days. A couple of weeks later, I was in bed at night, lifted up my Bible, and all the time in, in between these people talking to me was this nagging all the time. I knew it was God. I knew it was God. And I opened my Bible, Jonah what the heck, Jonah? I'm like, all right, God, so uh, read the story of Jonah. I already know the story of Jonah, but read the story of Jonah again. And I'm like, yeah, okay, yeah, I get that you asked him to do something and he decided to do something else and it didn't end up very good and I get that, but you know what I'm going to do? I'm just going to ignore the door called other. You would think by this point, you'd be like, Vicky, give it up. Like, God's chasing you down. You know what God's asking you to do. Why don't you do it? But because I knew that the door of other would cost me. I knew the door named other would cost me. And it was full of untold opportunities. Therefore, there were opportunities behind that door that I'd not been told about. So I didn't have the reassurance that it would all be okay. And then about a month later, I was leaving work We um one Friday and it was somebody was leaving I worked at the hospital and so we went for a meal afterwards and as we got there I'd forgotten my cash card so I said oh I said I'll have to just go home and get my cash card and as I did I walked in the hallway of my mum's house and there was a man there that I'd never ever seen before and I can picture him now and he was looking at the wall uh, a picture on the wall and he kind of looked at me and he said hello and at which point I thought oh you're American uh, now this does sound weird but it was quite normal in our house because mum would have preachers coming to preach and things like that so it's not weird that she had an American man in the hallway so I ran upstairs got my cash card out my bedroom and I was on my way downstairs and I knew you've got to go to church tonight because we used to have a Friday night Sunday morning and a Sunday night and we were at a mall and so I went in mum's bedroom and I said mum I said, I think I've got to be at church tonight. She was like, I know you've got to be at church tonight, love. She said, I was just waiting for you to come to the 
So no mobile phones. I couldn't ring and tell my friends I wasn't going to be there. I wasn't coming back. I just didn't go back. And I went to the meeting. It was great. And I sat in my little space, like second row from the back. No one can see me. And then this man's wife gets up at the front. I've never sat eyes on her before. And she stands at the front. She looks and she's, you there. And I'm thinking, Lord, please let it be somebody on the back row behind me. And I just kind of sat there and said, no, you there. And she described me. And she said, can you come to the front? Now, honestly, you see me on the platform now and you think I'm in my comfort zone when she calls me to the front. That was my worst nightmare. So I'm like, because she's given a description of me, like an e-fit, you know what I mean? So I'm like, oh, I can't. So I, I come to the front. And she said, God is going to use you in a very powerful way with young people and people in their early 20s. And you are going to impact their lives more than you could ever imagine. Does that mean anything to you? <laughs> I went, <laughs> maybe. And I went back to my seat. And at that point, I was like, I have got to walk through this door. To the untold opportunities that I don't see. To the treasures that I don't see. But I walked through that door. And the treasure that was stored up in that door for me, I could never have imagined. I ended up growing a youth group where we had 80, 90 children coming in off the streets with difficulties being able to speak to their lives. Kids now that I see that have still got a relationship with God. Why? Because I walked through the door called Other that had untold opportunities. When I came back to Garden the one thing I'd always wanted all my life, if you'd have said, what do you want all your life? It was to get married and to have children. It's all I wanted. I went to the careers interviews. I was like, I just want to be a wife and mother. And they were like, that's not a career. I'm like, at 43 with five kids, I beg to differ. Like, <laughs> that is a career. <laughs> and, I, and, I, and I would tell them this. And so when I gave my life to God and I wholeheartedly gave my life to God and I, I got a Christian boyfriend. My goodness, revival must have broke out in my mother's heart. The first lad that was a Christian, she must have been like, hallelujah. And I was going out with this lad. It was good. He loved Jesus. He worked for you for Christ. He was on fire for God. There was nothing that you could seem that could seem wrong. But there was because he wasn't part of my plan. Another story from the corridor of opportunity, relationships. And I had to come back out of that door that I'd walked into. And it seemed so right, but it was so wrong. Because my God says, my father says he's got a plan for my life. And so I stood again in the corridor and I loitered and I walked and I walked back to the door of God. And I was like, I can't go through it because there was something pulling in me. And I walked back to the door called Other. And I knew it was going to cost because I knew at that moment I had to lay down my desire for marriage and children. And I had to say to God, well, I didn't have to, I chose to. God, if I never get that, it'll be okay and I will serve you anyway. And that cost. Because I was never going to go back out with a non-Christian. Because the Bible's really clear on that. There's got to be somebody on my path with me. But it needs to be the right person on my path with me. And so I walked through the door called Other, with untold opportunities. I lay the other side of the door was a treasure. 
Because it always is when you choose God's way. And that treasure was Barry. God knew he needed to be on my path. Look at that. But it took me laying it down first and saying, God, I will serve you anyway, wholehearted. When my heart was split, I had something pulling my heart this way and God pulling my heart that way and I'm like, and I laid it down and I said, okay, God, I'm going to serve you anyway. And then Barry came out the blue and we didn't start going out with each other straight away. He was a new Christian and he needed to grow in his faith and I needed to get myself sorted. And then there was, that was the treasure behind that door called Other. That door had the name relationship on it. And I walked through and I got my treasure, which was Barry. And then a bit further on was another treasure and her name was Sophie. And then a bit further on, there was a double treasure called Adam and Joshua. And then a bit further on, there was another treasure called Eleanor. And then a bit further on, there was a treasure called Charlotte. And it was like, okay, I've got the desires in my heart. Like, wow, like my washing piles up here, God. You've given me the desire of my heart that much. But it didn't come through walking through the door with the name good. It came through walking through the door with the name other. Other that has untold opportunities and treasures beyond what you could ever imagine. I'm going to do the story three and four from the corridor of opportunity together. When me and Barry were due to get married, I was still working at the hospital. In my years of bad choices, that was a place where I'd worked. And when I committed my life to God, I cocooned myself in the church because I knew how I needed godly spiritual people around me. And in the day, I still had to go back to this place where people knew a different Vicky to the Vicky that I was now. And I continued working there. It was difficult, but I continued working there and I needed another job and I'd gone for other jobs and nothing had come of it. And then a relative of mine said that they'd seen a job in the Warrington Guardian Call, uh, working at a solicitor's and it was a Christian solicitor's and it was called Fiona Bruce and Co and I'm like, like why? I've never even done anything illegal why would I go and work at solicitor's then I saw the salary and I was like ha, why would I go and work at that solicitor's it was half of what I was already on we were due to get paid Barry was getting a business due to get married sorry Barry was getting a business off the ground so there wasn't much coming in as you can imagine and there was this job that would take me from the place where I'd stayed, but I knew it was time I needed to move on. But it took me to a place where the time when we needed the money the most to pay for a a, a wedding, my salary was going to half. And I was like, I'd actually forgotten about this. We've we've shared other testimony about this, and I forgot that, that this happened earlier on. And I said, okay, I'll take it. God, I'll follow you. And I walked through the door again, not the one that fed my desires, because you see, my desires at that time were the bank balance and the wedding and all of this. And I said, God, okay, we'll follow you. I talked to you, Barry, we'll follow you. Through walking through that door, I learned skills that I would have never have learned. I got promoted. I was moved up to working for the principal solicitor and I was doing all kinds of things and they gave me a pay rise and they gave me, but it came through going through the door that would cost me. It came through going through the door where I had to make myself lower 
and make God greater. It came through that door. And when we go through that door, there are untold opportunities and treasures beyond what we could ever imagine. Going through that door has always meant me letting go of things and you can think, oh, that's not very positive, Vicky. But you see, when I let go of my things is when I make room for God's things. My father who said, I know the plans I've got for you. I've already got it mapped out. The plans for good, they're not plans for disaster. They're to give you a future and to give you a hope. Every time I walked through the right door, there were treasures for me. Every time I stayed in the corridor of opportunity, there was confusion. And today is a day of decision. And I believe for some people, you are walking up and down the corridor of opportunity and you've shelved the bad door. You know you're not going to go in that door. But you know that you've got to make a decision. You've got to make a decision. You're going to go with what feels good or you're going to go with what's right and you're going to choose God's way of living. Because the good door will only bring a quick fix. And here's the thing. Barry talked earlier about the Holy Spirit. And as Christians... If we're filled with the Holy Spirit, we have a guide. So when I have been in this corridor of opportunity and I've wanted to go through the door title, good, but there's been something nagging at me and pulling me over to this other door, that's the Holy Spirit. That's the Holy Spirit guiding me. That feeling that you've got is the Holy Spirit guiding you. Jesus didn't go back to heaven and leave us all alone. He said, no, I am sending to you. He left the Holy Spirit with us as our guide. And that's what the pull is in our lives. That's what keeps us on track. And it's when we are wholeheartedly, wholeheartedly going after God that we will know what that is. Listen to this, what it says in John chapter 16, verse 13. When the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. We need to engage with the spirit we need to be locked in we need to be engaging because how on earth can we follow his lead and his guide if we aren't i can't follow the sat nav in the car if i haven't turned it on if i don't engage with the sat nav of the car i ain't got a clue where i'm going i know looking at the blank screen is going to change it i need to engage we need to be engaged with the spirit He will not speak on his own, but will tell you what he has heard. He will tell you about the future. The future that God has planned for you. The guidance that you need. The peace that you need. The strength that you need. The bravery that you need. But we need to be connected. And we need to be making good choices. And I'll tell you, you will never, ever regret going through the door named other. Because you'll be like a child in a sweet shop as things start to open up. doesn't mean there won't be difficulties. But as things start to open up and you know you are in God's will, there is a strength to stand any storm. There is a peace to quieten any storm. You'll be like a child in a sweet shop. I look at my life now and I'm like, God, I can't believe what you've done. I can't believe what you've done for me. Because God is faithful. 
In those days when you pray, I will listen, it says. If you look for me wholeheartedly, you will find me. And I will be found in you. How connected are you with God today? Are you just walking up and down, hoping for the best? Are you connected with the Spirit of God today? Knowing that feeling could be about a job, it could be about a relationship, it could be about ministry. I've just given you a few of my stories from the corridor. But you will know, you know this is God. It doesn't make sense, but I know it's God. And therefore, if I walk through the door named Other, it will all unfold and he will be faithful. So how do you do that? You can be thinking, ah, Vicky, I get that, but I've got this situation, I've got that situation, I've got the other situation here. Can I let you into the secret? This is what did it for me. Because you might be sat there thinking, Vicky, you're a pastor, so it's all right. I haven't always been a pastor. In fact, I've been a pastor less of my journey than just my journey with God. The secret's in the Bible. John chapter 3, verses 30 and 31. He must become greater and greater, and I must become less and less. He has come from above and is greater than anyone else. All you need today is Jesus. That's all you need. You don't need yourself. I don't need myself. All I need is him and being plugged in to him. We are of the earth and we speak of earthly things, but he has come from heaven and is greater than anyone else. Just imagine this as we close. If you made a commitment, not to Jesus in the sense of getting saved, you know, for all those who have already done it, I'm on about, if you made a decision to commit for the next six months of living your life in a way that you made him greater and you less, what could happen with your life? Could you imagine when we acknowledged, okay, my thinking is on earthly things. His thinking is on eternal matters. His thinking. Could you imagine how the next six months would look when we shifted and got everything in the right balance that I'm here, not because he's putting me down, but because I don't know what I'm doing. And he's here. Could you imagine how that could change things? That would be a challenge I would give you today. Could you invest, if that's you that's speaking to, could you invest the next six months? Maybe you need to get along some wise people who can speak into your life. Could you invest the next six months consciously putting aside your desires and seeking after God? Because he will do far more than you ever could or you could ever imagine. Don't stay in the corridor of opportunity today. Choose a door. And I suggest you choose the door called other, where there are untold opportunities and treasures that will blow your mind. Amen.